I'm Neil Edwards, I'm a reader in Earth System Science at the Open University and what I'm particularly interested in is using numerical models to understand the Earth system. I've come to Southampton to meet a man who's hoping to model the whole Earth system. It's an ambitious project and a difficult one. But what will it tell us that we can't find out through observation? Why do we need models at all? I'm hoping John Shepard will be able to tell me. The, the interesting thing about the Earth system is that almost everything interacts with almost everything else. So uh, let's think about um, plants, for example. Uh, plants interact with animals because animals eat them, but they also interact with the atmosphere because they get CO2 and water vapour. But the atmosphere interacts with the ocean. A uh, lot of exchange of water vapour and heat between the atmosphere and the ocean and they both move stuff around the planet. So as soon as you start to explore this system, you realise that the, uh, the atmosphere and the ocean and the land surface and the ice caps are, and the outer space are all relevant and need to be thought of together and that we need to think about the physics of it, the chemistry of it, the geology of it, the biology of it and how it all works. And really, you very soon come to the conclusion that you should have a model of the whole thing, even if it's not very detailed. We can measure the present climate, sure. Uh, to some extent, we can measure the past climate, although with very much more difficulty if we go back beyond the instrumental record, which only starts in the 19th century. In the future, we can't measure that. And we are interested not only in the past, we're interested in the past as a guide to the future. John's got a very simple Earth system model running on his laptop, so we went to see how it works. This is it, this is uh, Genie, and it's been nicely encapsulated for the students to use. You can see that the model is actually made up of a bunch of uh, little squares, little grid squares, and actually levels in the ocean as well. So it's all a bunch of little boxes, and fundamentally stuff moves from one box to another. Uh, could be uh, water, could be air, could be nutrients, could be heat. And uh, just to make something interesting happen, we can actually change here the uh, rate at which uh, leaf litter is turned over in the model. Now it's started to rerun and we will see the temperatures rising, I think is my prediction for this. Uh, this is always a good thing to do with a model is to make a prediction of what you think it will do and then see if the model does what you expect. And there we go, the temperature's rising. See, the summer temperature is in year two is already higher than it was in uh, year one. And what is happening here is that North American land temperature in summer is going up by about a degree a year. That's a really very serious climate change. So what we've done um, has had some quite a drastic effect on the global climate. Just by changing a parameter that affects what leaves are doing in forests uh, and soils. And it's a good example of the way everything is connected. We can learn uh, a great deal uh, about the behaviour of the, uh, the model world. But you can still see that the, uh, the continents are uh, a bit lumpy. Um, you know, Spain is just one grid cell. Spain is one grid cell. The UK doesn't even show up as a separate grid cell at all. So although we can see where Africa is and we can see where Asia is, we would really like to have a, a bit more geographical discrimination. And that costs money. I don't have a supercomputer in this room, but I do have the results of some model runs on a supercomputer with a much more detailed 
model. This is now uh, a model called Occam for Ocean Circulation and Climate uh, Advanced Model. We have got uh, the marine biosphere working in here, so we can see plant production, primary production mm -hmm. in the world oceans. We can see very nicely how the primary production moves north uh, and then subsequently south again with the seasons. This is data from the SeaWIF satellite of the greenness of the ocean seen from space. And greenness, of course, corresponds to chlorophyll and ultimately to plants. We can see the same pattern of primary production moving north and then south. And we can not only look at the pictures and uh, see that they correspond, we can actually take numbers and compare the numbers and see uh, quantitatively how well does this model fit the real world data. Because that is the acid test of the model. Does it represent reality? So John showed us that we can understand more about the limitations of models by comparing them with data, but that difference between what the models say should happen and what the data says actually does happen is model error. And if we want to understand more about the structure of model error, we've got to go to Bristol.